0: Coming to you live from a stormy and rainy west end of Richmond in the palatial Franklin Estates, where it is Wednesday, September the 7th. Uh, Apple had an event today, which at least for a brief respite, uh, distracted me from uh, the debacle that Virginia put on the field on Saturday. But (sighs) unabashed, we will talk about it, as always. Uh, That's what we do. We talk Virginia football when it's football season um before we do let's go around and introduce everybody out in fishersville david spence welcome back to the show my friend
1: thank you brad who days on the board at who Dave's on twitter
0: and staff writer justin ferber up there in arlington is also back on the show welcome back sir what's
2: going on at justin underscore ferber on
0: twitter and Cavs corner also on twitter Cavs underscore corner great place for in game updates content items and when it is when it is worth it occasional witty banter um all right. Let's. I guess we got to start with Saturday. We have to start before we start talking about what's ahead. We got to start talking about um, uh, w- kind of what happened. And I think we've all gone through the various stages at this point. We've we've rewatched. We've contemplated. We've heard Bronco speak. I think everybody kind of has their own opinion of kind of where things are. Um, and I'll open the floor to you guys. And I want to hear Verbal. Uh, we'll start with you. You are usually the more reasonable, level-headed guy of the group. Um, although you had this team win in seven games um what what do you think now several days removed from what happened in charlottesville what what are your thoughts about that specific game and kind of what you saw uh versus maybe what you expected to see
2: <laughs> wow what a question um don't know where to start uh obviously i thought they'd play better on both sides of the ball Uh, The offense was kind of what I expected from a schematic sense, um, especially for it being the first game, but I thought they would be more effective in actually scoring points. Uh, Obviously the turnovers were a big factor there and uh, something that Bronco said after the game that he didn't really expect. So um, I found that kind of interesting that I guess in in camp, they didn't really turn the ball over much, but um, not necessarily something that we haven't seen in the past. Uh, But I think the defense, obviously, was the biggest surprise to me. Um, They didn't look like uh, – it doesn't look like they probably tackled enough in camp, uh, and I understand that with some depth concerns. Uh, It just looked like they were a little bit slow to react to certain things and and not physical enough. I think the biggest surprise of the game was uh, that Richmond was kind of the more physical team throughout the game. And uh, usually even when a team struggles against an FCS team, they're able to kind of dominate physically. And uh, stuff like turnovers or – or poor field position, stuff like that, is the kind of stuff that being, you know, ends up being their undoing. But Richmond kind of dominated the game um, on both sides of the ball, so uh, you know, hats off to them. Hell of a team they have, uh, but I think they're going to have to do a better job of, especially in the pass defense, uh, getting to the quarterback because you know they would rush and then they just wouldn't get there, and they would give a good quarterback a little bit more time than you can uh, on like a third and five, third and eight, third and two and uh, he was able to find a you know, second, third, fourth read and get across. Uh, I mean, they didn't give up a ton of huge plays, uh, but they gave up a lot of chunk plays, and that's kind of concerning. So obviously you're going to see more talented players throughout the season, and uh, they're going to have to do a much better job of that. But um, if I want to make things a little bit more positive, I don't think the stuff that they did incorrectly against Richmond is not correctable. Um, I didn't see a team that, uh, I mean, honestly, they could use more talent in certain places, but I didn't see them losing the game because of talent, per se. It was more like uh, execution, and I think that's the kind of stuff that you can fix going forward. Um, Obviously, this week, I don't think it'll really matter much, but uh, I do expect them to improve, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and I thought it was really interesting what Broncos said afterwards about uh, how he felt that he kind of gave the defense too much schematically, and uh, obviously he hasn't been a first-year coach at his school in, in quite a long time, so it's a kind of a transition for him as well. Um, and I think if they can play a little bit sounder uh, as far as the turnovers are concerned on offense and um, and just try to get off the field, you know, frankly, on defense, uh, I think that they can get better throughout the season at both of those things.
0: I think uh, two things I want to touch on in what you just said. Um, one is I, I totally agree with you uh, about – the fact that it was largely execution. The more I watched uh, on the rewatch, and like, I, like I've said several places, God bless Apple TV for that 10 second skip uh, forwards and backwards. I, mean, I, I, I watched every play three, four times. And to me, what I, what I saw was on every single play, there was at least one, if not multiple, dudes missing an assignment where well, you could just tell. You could tell from the way other guys reacted. And. When you're playing an offense that has a quarterback as good as Kyle Lento, when you're playing a team that, that, that can do the things that Richmond can do, you know you have to be you have to be smart, and you also have to be somewhat you know on the same page. And so it wasn't just you know losing the edge or not being able to keep um, keep with receivers. It was also more about um, you know it was also more I think too about guys just not being uh, being able to count on each other. And so ultimately, what you saw was like one guy scrambling because somebody else had screwed up. Um, I kind of want to say my second point, Dave. Let's let's hear from you. What did you think? Uh, now, you know, I guess what do you think now compared to uh, what you saw Saturday, and and kind of where are you at in the whole scheme of things right now?
1: Yeah, I feel like now I'm probably at a place I should have been leading up to this weekend, this past weekend. Um, I mean, you know, looking back, it's kind of easy to say, "Well, we did kind of get carried away." Um, not we, not not the three of us. We like the Virginia fan base. We um, mean, yeah, I, I kind of went back and thought of the whole day. I mean, you've got a new coach taking over after several years of bad football with some spotty wins here and there and surprising wins here and there, but generally bad football. Um, coming across the country, putting in a new defense, a new offense, all new, essentially the whole new coaching staff. Um, and you know new quarterback <laughs> playing yes at fcs team but a good one um you know, one that i overlooked as well so you've got all that but you know me as the fan getting there early tailgating there was no sense of oh we might have our hands full today this was like everyone's relieved that winning football is upon us already um and that was the that's the vibe you got in the that's a vibe we had going in the podcast last week that's a vibe you had all week um and obviously it was – I don't know if it will prove to be incorrect through the course of the season, but certainly on Saturday it did. Um, I mean, I think you guys have kind of hit everything you could see in the replay. It was a lot of execution. You wouldn't expect it to be a talent issue against a team like Richmond. Um, but one thing that you know has kind of weighed on me since then is – if this were Richmond, if it were, say, not an Oregon, because that's going to be tough to beat, playing your best, but let's say for some reason we started with like a Boston College or something, would that have been better for this team? Because I wonder if the coach – and I don't want to put anything on the coaching staff, and you got to stop me if you think I'm out of bounds, but Bronco didn't play a lot of FCS schools at BYU, and the ones he played certainly weren't in-state schools trying to beat BYU. Um and this—that's kind of new to him. So it was clear that uh, Richmond, this was a, a huge game for Richmond. We knew coming in, and it almost looked like on t- in the first half that we kind of were going to do what we're going to do, and didn't matter what Richmond was doing.
0: Um, I, let me stop. All right, let me stop you there. I think the thing there's a very fine line here because I've seen a lot of the sentiment on the board that this idea that like Virginia didn't prepare for Richmond. And no, no, I don't mean no, it. In no, I know, I know, I know. But I, but what you said there kind of kind of made me think about it. I think, Virg- I think Virginia football is going to be very much like Virginia basketball. And I, I know the folks are getting sick but I'm, I, of these kind of comparisons, but I'm using it because, it, to me, it shows kind of the way that, that things can work. So Tony Bennett and his staff, they certainly scout the other team, okay, and they certainly work on what the other team does, and they certainly try to prepare for what they expect the other team to do. But a lot of what – I mean, Tony Bennett will tell you time and time again, you got to focus on yourself. Um, you know, I think that's what, what Oregon's going to do. As they go game prep, I I think that on some level, you either can do it one or two ways. It's much like it, you know, the the whole that we've talked about, you know, cornerbacks turning for the ball. Now, sometimes some assistant coaches teach you to turn, some assistant coaches teach you to play through the hands. It's just a different way to do it. Now, you can argue as, as to whether or not you think it's the right way or the wrong way. I'm not saying that Virginia is, is, is not preparing for opponents or that you shouldn't expect that Broncos going to prepare for opponents. I actually think it's the exact opposite. Because when I ask players about Richmond, they all knew. like you know, Whether it's cover three, cover four, they knew what they were going to play. They, they had a good feel for, for who they were going to be. The fact is they just out-executed them. And when you heard Bronco game week say he doesn't really focus on the opponents, he doesn't mean he doesn't pay attention. He doesn't watch film. He doesn't break it down. He doesn't analyze. What he means is he doesn't put a whole lot of stock into who you are. What you do is absolutely something he puts a lot of stock in and something that they absolutely focus on. But who you are, like maybe should he have played up the fact that this was a, a, a one, a, a, you know, an FCS team come, you know, a top potentially, you know, one of the best FCS teams coming in and, whatever, like, they they clearly had a lot of respect for Richmond. And clearly, to me, from the fact that Bronco talked about having met Danny Rocco and having a lot of respect for what Rocco has done over the years, they certainly did prepare. Maybe they didn't necessarily game plan it in in the way that Bronco would like to have, you know, if he had a chance to change that. I mean, I think that was one of the things that hearing him talk about you know, needing to take some stuff off the defense's plate and haven't given them too much. That one of the things it sounds like he would rather have done is focus on fundamentals and alignments, specifically to Richmond's scheme, versus trying to attack it. Does that make sense? Like, I think what he tried to do was to give the guys uh, the full uh, the full range, and they weren't able to execute it well enough. But I don't think that that means they didn't prepare for him. But I do think your point about knowing a good one. I mean, excuse me, FCS team. God, that's the second time I almost done that. I do think that you're right about that. I do think that, that this is a different animal in Virginia than it ever was where he comes from because you don't have I mean listen, that's one of the best programs at that level uh, out there and at and the CAA is going to put good teams into the playoffs each year. Um I think Virginia would have been much better off if they'd been playing like <sighs> Maine or you know, Rhode Island. You know, one of those, you know, some team from the latter part of the of the CAA. Um, or heck, even some like lowly, you know, like if they had opened up with like, you know, um, VMI,
2: Liberty, or VMI, yeah, exactly. you know. No offense to, VMI. no offense to VMI. Or no, anything, no,
0: I, no. I think that's exactly right. What they got was one of the best teams at that level. Which for, for look, folk can get all hopped up on the levels and scholarships and whatever. When you got that much experience and a system that works and a team that that has has played, has been in big games, they didn't care about coming up to struggle. Like they weren't like oh, you know whatever. You know, like maybe if they went to go play Alabama, they might be a little bit odd. But come on, man. Like they didn't care about coming to Charlottesville. And certainly I think Dave's right. They did. They circled this thing, man. They were ready to, to, to prove some stuff. But they weren't like in awe of it. They weren't scared of it. They And they weren't going to get run over. That's an experienced, kind of well-oiled machine with, with, with talented players. The CAA, preseason offensive player of the year. The CAA, preseason defensive player of the year. They are the CAA preseason pick to win it. They're currently now second in the FCS rankings. Like that's a good team, and for anybody who's like so like oh I don't care we should still like hey that's that's well and good you're more than entitled to your opinion you're just wrong like on some level you got to respect the fact of what Richmond's done over the years uh, and certainly they've they've put together a good program and 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 I think that there will come a time uh, if Broncos successful where yeah you play Richmond you you know you're going you do expect roll of them. Maybe we all made a mistake in the sense that we thought, hey, look, here's a guy with bowl experience, and maybe Bronco's to blame for some of this too because he's going to the, you know, paint the town orange, talking about, you know, not making plans for the holidays and stuff. I understand that, like, you got a excitement and whatnot, but everybody was kind of thinking, you know what, this is a team that has exp- – this is a staff that has experience, you know, preparing people, developing kids, you know, getting them, getting them on the right track. Uh, we did not kind of leave that wiggle room for the dramatic kind of nature of the, of the rebuild. You know, that's kind of, I mean, that's just kind of the way I look at yeah. it. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, just kind of carrying off that point. It's, and we, 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 um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to go. There's like 4,000 tentacles hanging down here. Um, going back to, um, 2009, Al Grove makes a huge offensive change, brings in, um, Greg Brandon from, uh, I think it was Bowling Green, puts in the spread offense, um, Vic Hall is running it. And you got Jamil as well. Um, they come in, lose the opener against William Mary. You know, just from just from scheme, changing the scheme on one side of the ball. So it's, I didn't even think of that until after the fact. You know, it's, uh, these things make you look smart on after afterwards. But you know, it's we can talk about why things are bad all we want i mean the way you beat a fcs school like richmond that's got talent i mean you only play 11 guys on the field at one time you're not going to out talent them in the first quarter if they're that good of a team i mean we're not alabama um i mean they, they've got a pretty good starting you know, a starting group when you compare to ours it's you know it's wearing them down playing good football and wearing them down at the end problem for virginia is you know by the end the game was over um and you know never it's Never a good game when you've got a you know a negative four turnover margin. Um, I think it adds some special kind of kick in the gut to it when you, f- you fumble on the five yard line going in to to take the lead um, seven six. Which you know who knows what happens at that point, but then you add in the fact that it's you know your your number one tailback that does it, and then he does it again. You know that's not good for team morale, and it's certainly hard to overcome. And even even given that, I mean, Virginia still had shots. We were, what was it sixteen to seven when they uh, sacked the Richmond quarterback and the ball miraculously bounced right back to him, um, or was it thirteen to seven at that point? I believe. I think it was. And, then, right. and then they recovered it and kicked the field goal. Um, I mean, so many you know little bounces it could have changed the direction of that game. Positively speaking, out of, from it, I mean, I thought Ben Kurt played. You know, a great game. It's probably one of the best first game starts we've seen in a long time. Um, I'm okay with a quarterback throwing one interception against three touchdowns, especially when the interception is 30 plus yards downfield um, into you know one on one coverage. It there, it seems to be just a misread of the route or misunderstanding of the route between the, the receiver and the quarterback. Um, and I also like to fight the team shooter at the end, even though the game was kind of out of out of hand, but wasn't correct me if i'm wrong the long touchdown run they they had to make it 37 to 20 wasn't that third and long No it I was that,
2: that that made it 37 to 14
1: Okay yeah 37 well, thanks thanks for reminding me of that but yeah <laughs> that, it was third and long I mean the team showed some fight so you got to give them that but um, you know it's a tough loss and it it's you know i i guess the big picture thing is you know if, if we still have that going to a bowl game Hope in our head, and me as a fan, I'm going to keep it up until we've lost six, you know, seven games. Um, it's just one less chance to win six, and the teams don't get easier from this point forward. No offense to Richmond. Well,
0: I think the thing too, there's a there seems to be a duality at play here. Like people on the one hand can't like I feel like if you say realistically, like, hey, there were some bad breaks in that game. People think, oh, you're making excuses. No, no, it's just fact. Like, there, two things can be true at the same time. Did Virginia get outplayed? Absolutely. Did they get out executed? Absolutely. Did were there some some breaks in the game? Yeah, I mean, like the 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 the, the, the fact that they 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 were able to give up those two early turnovers and then kind of only be down what they were. You, you got the feeling that if they like on the second on the second like that that sec that drive, you felt like that you know they're getting ready to punch it in and this thing. Is is a, I mean, it is. It's a totally different game. That's a heck of a swing. So, I mean, we can say two things are the, are the same. or Excuse me, two things are true, which is that Virginia was in a position to get his butt kicked, but also that things kind of didn't go their way. That fumble is a perfect example. There were two interceptions that barely just kind of trickled out of uh, defenders' hands. Um, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, I, I'm not a – look. I watched a, a Maryland team come to Virginia in Scott Stadium one night Roll down the field, score. Virginia had to punt. Rolling down the field to score again. Homeboy misses. I forget, Scooter McFarland. Scooter somebody? Somebody? I don't know. I don't remember the receiver's name. Homeboy misses. the, the He was wide open. Would have walked into the end zone and, and, and could have built a house um, with as much time as he had. Um, and he drops it. Just fell right through his hands. And from that point on, Virginia was like a height knife through butter. Like, one play can change the entire complexion of a game no matter when it happens. I firmly believe that. And I'm not saying that Richmond wouldn't have still won this game if if that fumble that Loretta had that he like popped right back up into his gut, if, if Virginia had picked that up. But I do think that those opportunities and not having them, I mean, you look at the number of plays that Virginia ran in this game, they, they would much rather have, have obviously played at a much higher clip than they ultimately did. And a lot of that comes down to just not having the ball. And ultimately, you can't give an experienced, well-oiled kind of machine like Richmond's uh, the ball. Like more all, you know, you just can't you if you're a team like Virginia, which is young in a lot of places, and even in the places where they have it quote unquote experience, they're guys that haven't played. Like Dante Wilkins and Andrew Brown have a lot of talent, but dude, they have not been consistent members of a of a from scrimmage team in a while. Like they have not been leaned on. They don't have to play play to play. Like that's something they gotta get used to. Oh, and by the way you're playing in a new system and all that stuff. So I just think that like we gotta stop this thing where like we have to say well, if you if you say that, that's making excuses. No, it's not. It's just it's reality. Some things went against Virginia, and Virginia beat itself. And in that case, they were definitely not winning that game. Uh, Ferber, it's been like three years since we heard from you. Uh, how how do you feel about this? Uh, about kind of like I don't want to say um, uh, the the way that you move forward because that just seems so, super dramatic. But it seems like to me that Virginia can get really can get can get a lot better in a hurry uh, because, like you said, a lot of its execution. Um, it certainly sucks that they got to play the team they're playing this weekend because you'd really kind of rather have flipped these two games. Um, given, I mean, this is like the exact wrong team at the exact wrong time. Um, what do you feel like Virginia has to do? What's imperative for them just to not get blown off the field when they get to Alton? Uh,
2: contain. Uh, I mean, Oregon's a little bit different just because of how much speed they have on the edges. But the biggest thing against them is not letting people get to the edges and beat you down the sideline. Um or over the top, they didn't have a bunch of plays where they got beat over the top uh, against Richmond. It was kind of underneath stuff. Um, and honestly, any defense that allows the kind of time that LaLeta had, and to his credit, a lot of the time he had on some plays was him scrambling or making something happen. Um, if you give him that much time, he's going to find people underneath. So um, I think that's what they saw on Saturday. So getting to the quarterback and protecting the edges is the, the most important thing. I think we could see improvement in those areas without seeing a a good result. Does that make sense? Like I could see them losing easily, like you know, with comfortably, like losing, Um, and we could still see them play better in those places than they did against Richmond. It might not show up as well because of Oregon could just run all over them. Um, but they might have done that even if UVA had played well against Richmond. So
0: um,
2: I think this result coming up will be an, like an aberration. Um, obviously, the Richmond result is what it is, and you can't go back and fix it now. Um, but I think this game, regardless of how they played last week, was going to be kind of an outlier in the season. Um, but I think that if they can do, if they can tackle well, if they can get off the field on some third downs, um, and then just yeah, like try to keep the possession shorter because I think that was the biggest thing was that they just couldn't get off the field on Saturday. And, um, you know, at the end of the first half, they had like what eight minutes of possession out of 30. And I mean, the very beginning of the game, it was like Richmond had the ball basically the entire beginning of the game. So um, that's two ways they can improve right there.
0: When I think about this game, I I, I totally agree. I feel like Virginia could come out and improve like, You know 40 50 percent and still get and still get beat by three touchdowns at three and a half touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like um, I don't I don't know a lot about uh, Oregon's quarterback other than to say he won the starting quarterback job at Oregon, which to me says that he he at least understands that system enough to be the guy. Uh, I do know that Oregon has a crap ton of skill talent um, and dudes are going to be flying all over the field. I think you're right. Contain is going to be important. Um, I I do expect for Virginia to play things a little differently. in the, in terms of not staying with the base as much, uh, I know that Bronco's talking about alignments and fundamentals, but I also think too that one of the things that I saw last week was that I don't think Virginia did a good enough job of adjusting, and maybe that was because Bronco realized very quickly that he needed to he couldn't go to things and just pull them out, out of memory or out of out of uh, you know some some look that they had practiced. He needed them to practice it you know extensively, um, but I do think you're going to see a, a lot more. Um, matchup type of uh, of looks from UVA a lot more um, uh, if you know they can stay in the nickel that kind of thing because I, I didn't see as much um, I didn't see as much uh, out of Virginia's defense uh, against Richmond as I maybe expected to once the score got to be what it was uh, really what you saw was just a bunch of dudes going after the quarterback uh, and not getting home which I mean I feel like we've seen that before you know. So I kind of feel like I I agree, you know, Virginia has to do a lot of different things to stay in this game, and one of them is going to be setting the edge and and, kind of keeping things, you know, spilling it all inside um, and and obviously doing its best to to stick with receivers who are going to be um, the best that these guys have ever seen, um, you know, in terms of just all-out skill. Um, The one interesting piece about this, though, is you do get the sense that that Oregon's defense is very much in a state of upheaval. Um, they're obviously changing over to a 4-3 now that Brady Hoke is there. Uh, so you do get the sense that Virginia might be able to score a little bit. Um, now, how, you know, the Cavaliers going to be able to score as much as Oregon. I mean, that's, that's the question. Um, and certainly a lot of the dynamics at play here, uh, a lot of the conditions, you know, considering they have to go across the country and play in a, in a stadium that's obviously going to be um, – one of the hardest venues that they're ever going to go into in terms of trying to come out with a win, Dave. What do you think? What are you looking for from the Cavaliers in this game? Uh, aside from just not getting, you know, eighty hung on them. What What are you kind of hoping to see uh, in the big scheme of things? And, and and how do you feel like that impacts the team?
1: Well, I'm hoping for some kind of miraculous win. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that's what I'm always hoping for, man. It's uh, I'm not staying up till 10:30 kickoff as a father of two young girls, not I'm hoping for a down, win. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> i take taking that, but the uh, I don't know. I will be honest. Like uh, it's Oregon, right? And you, you see where they're ranked. You you think they had a bad year last year? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe one day will be the point where their last year is a bad year for us. But um, I spent a little bit of time this afternoon, kind of watching <laughs> a good part of that game they played last week. And I know they've got a lot of youth in the offensive line and, and they struggled a couple times running the ball. But if that's the 20th, what I think they're 20 this week, somewhere around there, 24, they may be the most underrated team in the country. Um, I mean, that quarterback is good. I know Justin kind of alluded to it in our text thread, but yeah, he's pretty good, man. He uh, he's got a nice arm. He He's, he's got good wheels. Um, they've got weapons everywhere. So, it's going to be kind of pick your poison with them. You either, you know, if, if you go all out trying to rush them to make them make a quick decision and try to take care of that, take advantage of their, um, their youthful interior line, you know, one step and he could be gone. He's, he's pretty quick. I don't know if he's, you know, as fast as some of the other quarterbacks they've had, but he's, he's plenty fast to, to get by a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Um, so it, it may be a painful game for Virginia fans to watch because, you know, My quick, how would I beat them Analysis is I'd pretty much keep everything in front of me and just make them continue to make plays until I was forced to, you know, to kind of until I got to a short field where I could take some chances coming home. They're they are very good. You know, Freeman is Freeman is just an incredible running back who who runs in like dirty space so well. He's trying to think of a running back he reminds me of. I mean, just. He doesn't need a clean path. He can, the the stuff that smoke struggles with it, you know. If he doesn't have a clear hole in the backfield. Freeman doesn't. I mean, he's he's kind of left to right, right to left really quick and and out. So, kind of like Ezekiel Elliott a little bit? Yeah, without the power. I mean, he's but, fast. Yeah. I
2: think he's a little faster, but um, Yeah, but
1: you you saw him has, talking he, about, like
2: He has that like a little bit of like a lucid almost like a like, like Trey Mason at Auburn.
1: Like um, a young smith can- Smithish. If that makes sense, I mean,
2: yeah, he's very good at like finding little holes and turning that into twelve yards.
1: Yeah, and then you know the receivers they have, it's just, and, um, yeah, you know, they don't need a big, you know, they don't need a big a big hole to get going. They're just everyone's, you know, quick to top speed guy. Um, it's it's going to be a challenge for the defense, I mean, no doubt. <laughs> duh, there's a big one. Um, what I did see on and that kind of, that kind of scared me. And then, you know, just kind of watching the defense is very, their new defense is very aggressive, kind of a four, three, one gap. Um, I think we can take advantage of it, but it's also going to, you know, they're going to make you make a quick decision. Um, And there's twice, obviously it was UC Davis they were playing, but you know, they intercepted a screen pass and then almost intercepted a second just from being aggressive. So we can take advantage of that, but you know, you've got to, Trust each other. So the only way you're going to beat them is to outscore them because they're going to score their points. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, take do yourselves a favor and go watch, find some highlights from last weekend and just watch their two point conversions. And like some of that stuff should be illegal. I mean, they just have so many weapons. Yeah, you can assume if they score, they're going for two. Um, and I don't know how you defend that what they're doing right now. Um, I don't do you, Either when do you see it the stuff they're doing for the no, yeah not. i did
2: it's, so it's it was, tough i mean they get they scored on uva in that first drive when they played here and they went for two and got it so nothing surprises me when it comes to that uh, strategy
1: for them it's pretty like it's <laughs> so i think it was three times they went for two that that i saw the first time um they lined up and then they split half the guys over and they took uh two linemen in in the in the back over with the ball and um, UC Davis brought two guys over, so they snapped it. They blocked the two guys. Boom. The next time UC Davis brought three guys over, they snapped it. One of the guys blocked two guys. The other one blocked the other one, and the guy walked in. The next time UC Davis split four guys over, so they hiked it to him, and he just threw it over to the other side, where all of a sudden there was a mismatch on that side. He just tossed it over there, and the defensive end took it in for him. Um, so, yeah, they've got weapons everywhere. Don't, don't fool yourself thinking this is a down year for Oregon. They're still – really really good um yeah, that's really depressing it's good for me what i'm looking for at virginia is just you know improvement on what we saw Uh, that doesn't sound good ball security would be good you go negative four against oregon it might be 70 on you um for some turnovers on defense would be great um setting the edge would be nice (laughs) more consistently um And obviously, a focus on the running game and some production there. Um, I don't expect to win. I mean, I don't even know if there's a a number that would make me feel like, oh, that was a good game. But just some success in the run game and and some success on defense that we can take to Connecticut. Because you you almost feel like this team needs to have something positive happen before they come back and then head up to stores for what is a huge game if you hope to be. East Hartford, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's just – it is a tough game year. I so wish it was reversed. I wouldn't have thought that coming into the season just because I wanted to see him play, but you almost wish this would have been last week.
0: I <laughs> get that out of the way. I w- I'll say this. I think that, um, you know, to me, you have to start looking – all right, I'm going I'm to make a weird analogy – we always think of television shows as episodes, right? Each episode kind of stands on its own, but you kind of have plot points to carry out throughout the year, okay? That used to be the way TV was. Now TV is like little baby mini-movies, right? Each episode is part of a big, huge thing, right? So it's not like... Uh, it's it's not like the way it used to be where you could like watch an episode of a show everything is serialized and that's the whole idea with Netflix dumping shows okay the reason I'm talking about this is not just because I'm a TV nerd but also because I think of it like you could look at games in a season and think of them as almost like little seasons right what are the what are the storylines in this game right but realistically when you're trying to rebuild you have to look at the whole long thing right it's not just about what happens in this game so I'm not trying to downplay the result as bad as it may be. I'm not I'm not trying to downplay that. But what I am thinking is is that there are going to be things that matter in the second quarter of this game that don't matter the rest of the season and vice versa. But what I do think Virginia can take away from this game is improving in certain areas and still, you know, they could get their butts kicked on the scoreboard. Because realistically, the season is not won or lost in game 2. I mean, maybe if you if you had like 19 dudes get hurt, yeah, okay. But realistically, they can do a lot to help themselves, like you said, when they, get, when they go to UConn, by, playing, by improving or making some headway, at least, against a very good team. Because no team they're going to see on the schedule this year is as fast, right? No team probably has as many skill players. This, the defense is not going to see anybody this like freak of nature right? I mean, I, we all agree about that. I mean, Oregon is going to have just athletes out the wazoo, no pun intended. Um and just kind of feel like Virginia can do a lot to help itself for the long term, and even and even that might not be enough to keep them from, you know, from having a horrible result on the scoreboard. You know, I brought up these these stats or numbers from um, the early '80s in, in the Welsh years because I found that quote the other day um, from Welsh the day after he was hired and everything, and and it got me thinking today. I, I don't know. I just went back and, and looked at these. I mean, Virginia lost the season over fifty-five to nothing, and then managed to win the Peach Bowl that year, like. I, 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 look, I'm not trying to say like a a rise from the dead is coming. I'm just saying that you, you ne- a season is never about just this one segment of time. It is. It's a long thing. It's a. It, it does take a while for the story to kind of unfold, and so Virginia can do a lot to help itself this weekend, starting with you know being reasonably, um, uh, technique sound. You know, being in the right spot. Um, Guys, the uh, the one thing we haven't touched on that Bronco hit on that I really want to hit, they were super, super tentative. I mean, r- incredibly tentative um, to the point where, like, you almost got the feeling that, like, they weren't – they just weren't com- – they weren't sure about anything they were doing. There was no comfort level. And I don't know how to – I don't know whether to say that that second turnover and everything that had transpired to that point, plus the fact that you're playing Richmond and you're supposed to win that game, I don't know if that had as much to do with it or if it just realistically was, guys – are just losing is so deep in their DNA right now that after, you know, six, eight months of trying to get it out, it's still deep down in there. Where do you guys stand on that? Do you feel like that the team was tentative because they were still trying to work out that stuff out of their system, or were they tentative because they were just trying not to screw up?
2: I think it's the latter. Um, i understand like the whole like uh, they've lost so much they, they can't get away from it but they haven't lost to an FCS team and they didn't lose every game so i mean they've won games it, i mean they know how to win i mean they don't know how to win as much but they definitely it's not like all they know is losing so um i think it's more like the new scheme they wanted to try to over execute and i think that was probably the bigger issue um i don't know i mean i'm not gonna be a psychologist about it just because i have no idea what they think i think it's interesting that bronco reads a lot into you know the fact that they didn't practice well at the stadium and stuff like that but um i think if anything went wrong it was maybe at the beginning of the game drawing on their experience against fcs teams they might have thought all right we'll shake this off you know what i mean like the beginning it like you know all right we're down six to nothing we're gonna go score and then they didn't score and then they gave up a 95 yard drive, but you're still in the game. And it's like, all right. And then they never really shook out of it. And then it was too late. Um, I think that was the
1: issue.
0: What do you think, Dave?
1: <laughs> you know, if I knew, I'd probably be on the coaching staff somewhere. Um, I don't mean, it. It, there's a million possibilities. It's hard to say. I mean, anytime i mean the first fumble hurts i mean you're you're all jacked up to get out there and show everyone what you got um and then boom you you don't have the ball again you sit there a little longer and then you finally get the ball and you they move that i mean they did have a fourth down conversion on that first drive, but they moved the ball well um right. that one play i mean, i still go back i just don't know what how that game turns out if if we go in there and make it seven to six it's you know all of a sudden they start to believe um I mean, you you guys know I love the psychological aspect of football, but it's it's hard to say. I mean, there, there's just so many possibilities, and they're all speculation. I mean, is is the play is the team nervous that they don't know how the coaches will react if they do lose, or if they do if they don't make the play right because they've never dealt with them post game? Is it is it the fact they're playing in front of a probably the the largest crowd they've played front of that didn't involve a a major team in quite a while. Um, I don't know. And then, you know, it's, there's a lot to be said for, for just the offensive scheme change. I mean, you almost feel like, you know, and I don't, I, I've talked about this before, but you know, it like the pro style offense that we ran, whatever it was power pro, um, You know, allows you to beat teams like this that you you should beat, but it also limited your potential. Um, But you know, the opposite is true when you when you run an offense like we run now. If you don't execute it well, it increases the potential of them beating you. Um, And I think you know, there's just so many variables, and the the most important one is you you can't turn the ball over four times and not force one and win a game. I mean, since 2010, percent of the teams that have done that have won that that game.
0: I think that um, one thing that that you that you said in there that I do I think that I, I like I said before I don't want people to get too caught up on like what the result would have been dot 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 that's not necessarily the point but you do think that you know you are going to get some breaks every now and then um, the problem is is that you kind of have to create your own luck a little bit and so I think that's that's one of the things I want to see Virginia do a little bit more of you know uh, I, I didn't think that they did enough to create. Their own luck, whether that's turnover, you know, forcing turnovers, uh, being in a position to make uh, plays that resulted in turnovers, uh, whether that was, uh, you, you, whether it was, you know, offensively, um, there were a couple times where I thought, you know, a big, a big offensive play was there, but it just it, it didn't happen. Um, one thing I think the Virginia should do is give Ben Kirk more to do. Um, I, I don't want them to abandon the run. Don't get me wrong, but I think they were a little bit. Uh, when you talked about tem- tentative, you know, guy, I think the players were tentative, but a little. It seemed like to me the game plan didn't necessarily call for going downfield as much, and maybe that was partly because Richmond played so much cover three, cover four. David Jones is back there. You're trying not to, you know, to to, to turn the ball over. But I just kind of feel like in a lot of ways Virginia could have been more aggressive offensively, and certainly should have been once it became readily apparent that the running game wasn't improving. And I think that's got to be a big focus for this week too. I mean, I, I know that, I, I know that you're you're facing a very talented team with a lot of athletic guys, but you got to find a way to get some guards on the ground. That's got to be, you know, I don't care if you got to move some people around. You know, you got to do things a little differently. You got to bring in. I mean, I think Daniel Ham should get some more touches because I think he's a guy that seems to be a very decisive runner, um, which would be good. Um, if you think that, if you don't think uh, Takeon Mazel can be a uh, an every down back in this offense. Moving to wide receiver, you know, you 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 you're, you're certainly not going to hurt. I mean, you got uh, injuries popping up all over the place. You have enough running back depth. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a move that I would I would encourage, but I do think that if you don't, that if you can't get anything, just handing, uh, you know, what I mean, amounted to, okay, here you take it. Like there was no, I, I don't know. I've never liked running out of a shotgun, uh, mainly because it just doesn't give your running back enough time to kind of get any momentum going. And so when a smaller guy like him what's he going to do? I mean, he's not going to bowl people over. Um, so I mean that maybe that's something they look at. I'm not trying to hit the panic button on that. I'm just saying that like, you gotta, you gotta think a little bit further outside the box than what you're, you're kind of currently thinking. Um, let's, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I agree. Quick thing on that. I mean, it's, right, it's the difference. Um, you know, smoke can be a good running back. He, he's much better kind of sweeping to the outside. He's a much better one-on-one in space guy. Um, you know, you can run out of the shotgun a million teams do it you just got to have a running back who can who can you know thrive in in space and you know smoke struggles in that situation quite frequently yeah. well frequently <laughs> during his career so I, I love the idea of moving smoke to maybe not a full-time wide receiver but you know what if you've got Daniel Hamm and hopefully a healthy Jordan Ellis um and Albert Reed i mean what's the what's going to hurt it you know you got smoke in one slot and maybe Oz, Oz in the other. Um, you can do a lot with that. <laughs> you know, if smoke if smoke does better on kind of the sweep action. He can still get the ball out of a handoff out of the slot. I mean, yeah, no and gets it.
0: Man, I would have liked to have seen some jet sweep action. You know, put somebody in motion. You know, I understand that there's a lot that goes into that. You know, you already weren't running at your pace, right? That you know, something that Bronco admitted to on the ACC call today. The idea that like they were going fast, but they were also trying to get a lot of personnel in and out of the game, and that they don't have enough versatile players enough to kind of do what they would like to do, and have ask guys to do multiple things. But man, it would have been nice to see them line him up at, um, especially once Alameda uh, was in the game. You know, you could have done a lot with having guys in, in the slot on either side and being able to move one around. And I just don't. I, that's another thing I want to see. I, I, I want to see some um, imagination, or at least some kind of like. You can, you can see a route and say, oh, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to use this and this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to see yeah. – um, and maybe that's part of the whole FCS piece with Richmond, and maybe they didn't think they needed to get too deep in the playbook, but I certainly think Ben Kirk showed you last week. I mean, some of those – I'm not – like, I understand he's playing an FCS defense. I think for a lot of people, like, oh, well, you know, you know, other quarterbacks have done that and they weren't any good. Like, I get it. But, like, it wasn't necessarily the, the yardage or the, the stats. It was the, It was the throws. I mean, a lot of those throws are going to be open regardless of who you're playing because they are, are wide, wide, wide throws on the money. I mean, he spun that thing, and he's clearly prepared um, to, to to carry a, a large part of his offense. Um, you know, a couple miscommunications here or there, um, but, I mean, he, he had a really – I thought he had a very strong day. I wasn't surprised to hear Broncos say what he said about uh, Ben Kirk's play. So I almost would look at it and say, you know what, uh, if you can't get a ground game going – um, move him out of the pocket do something to get to 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 kind of create some matchups that you like but also I think they gotta they gotta use playmakers uh, in a in a more um, it, kind of in a in a more uh exotic way I mean I just thought that that they just didn't do enough uh, Saturday to kind of use the the weapons that they that were at their disposal they kind of just seemed to want to dip, dip uh, kind of dink and dunk up the field um, do we
1: have a single yard after catch? Uh, yeah I mean, go back and think about that game <laughs> yeah it's, Most it's of the
0: a lot of a lot of but yeah you're right a lot of them were put on the money and a guy's tackled on the spot but i I kind of yeah. feel like that's a lot that that kind of speaks to both richmond's ability but also I think just the lack of imagination i mean yeah you know the 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 touchdowns that 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 Ben kirk threw I thought were strong but I agree I mean you got to do something to kind of get some um you know get some more stuff on the ground um let's uh let, let's transition to the to the fun part where we get to uh, make predictions about things. Um, last week we did our preseason podcast. Obviously, uh, Ferber, you had Oregon winning this forty-eight uh, twenty-seven. At that point, my guess is you're going to want to uh, give Oregon a few more points and maybe uh, maybe that margin is a little bit bigger. But what's your what's your number uh, for this year this year game tonight or to, I guess yeah. Saturday
2: night. I'm just going to throw another touchdown on it. Um, that prediction was pretty much. I'm not too far off from what I think now. Um, I'll go 55-27 Oregon. Um, I honestly think that UVA will be able to score some. I don't know when. I mean, some of those touchdowns might come late in the game. But uh, I think that they can move the ball against Oregon. I mean, certainly UC Davis was able to score some points um, up until the end of the game. So uh, I think that it's possible that UVA could get something going offensively. I think with – so he is playing the whole game. I think that'll kind of let them open things up a little bit more. And I think they'll do some things to improve the running game and try to figure out where they can be more effective um, and try to give Banker a little bit of a balanced offense to work with. And, and Oregon doesn't run as much cover four as a team like uh, Richmond does. So I think they'll take some more shots in this game as well. Um, interesting to see how David Eldridge does now that he's listed as a starter. Um, and uh, I think they'll be able to score, but, but I think they're going to also give up a lot of points um, like we, we did we touched on it a little bit, but Dakota Peru cop is a good quarterback. Um, he's better than I thought he was, honestly, when I started researching and a uh, very successful FCS quarterback and he's got some wheels. Um, he can run around a little bit. Um, and I think that he's dangerous enough to where if you try to just stop the run game and the athletes on the edge, he'll find ways to beat you. And they have some home run offensive threats that, I mean, uh, at wide receiver, not just at running back and inside in the slot. Um, Carrington, uh, Darren Carrington, um, is somebody who can who can beat the defense over the top. So he's going to be a tough matchup. Um, and obviously I don't expect much in the way of success as far as the win and loss part is concerned. But uh, I would just like to see them improve on some things and uh, maybe build a little bit of momentum and, uh, you know, show like what – Broncos' more simplified system, if that's what he's going to try to do on defense, looks like uh, for this team and uh, build some momentum towards a a winnable game at UConn. So that's kind of what I'm looking for.
0: All right, Dave. In the preseason podcast, you had uh, Oregon only winning this thing by by nine. You had a 31-22, if my uh, my scribble is correct. I'm going to guess <laughs> that can't, that, you're, that can't be right. <laughs> you're, I'm going to guess that you're gonna uh, you're gonna edit that just to, just to, just a skosh.
1: Oh, just just to scorchy burn that paper. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Justin kind of touched on it all. It's, I don't know. I, it's it's margin of victory. I, I'm trying to figure out, and you know, how many do we give up, and so that gets me to thinking. You know, how Bronco play this? Do do you play it super conservative, especially if they get out to a big lead? My guess is no. So, the the one thing you'll find with Oregon is if you're lucky enough that they take their starters out. I mean, they've got a five-star tailback, Brooks Johnson, I think is his name, Brooks Jones, one of, one of those two. If he comes in, he's going to score, too. I mean, they've they've got weapons, and what's it? it's Charles Nelson, right, Justin? The... Yeah, he's punter the uh, punter, kicker. kicker. He
2: returns kicks yeah. and punts. He's played safety. He's played wide receiver.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you shouldn't go for it on every fourth down if punting to him is the option. It, he could be the best punt returner since probably – the Mamba down there. Um, They just got so many weapons. I mean, it's my question is, do we, I think Vegas, if you, if you go by the spread is they they think it's going to be around 47 to 23. They've got, you know, um, 70 and a half is the over under, I think night game in Oregon with the other uniforms. I'm going 52, 27. I mean, I'm kind of similar to Justin there. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: I like how you draw it out, like you, you, you like him. And I'm literally gonna, like it's, thinking. It's, it I'm sounds trying like to you're, think. Is there I'm you're just trying to talk yourself into something or out of something. It's just funny. Um, all right, I, I'm I'm in, I'm in the same boat. I'm I've got it 51 28 in the preseason. I had it 36 uh, 24, so I had Oregon winning by 12. Um, I just I do think Virginia's going to be able to get some 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 offensive mojo. Maybe some of it comes after the thing is already over. But I do think that you're going to see some improvements. um um, from the defense, but it's still not going to matter. Um, and what's funny to me is going to be that nobody's nobody. Okay, listen, this thing is on at ten thirty at night on the East Coast. Nobody's going to stay up to watch this game except for Virginia fans. Okay, the world is going to see this score and they're going to think it was lopsided. And They're going to move on with life. Okay, even if Virginia improves, that's going to be the case, right? Even if there's some improvement and and it just doesn't show on the scoreboard. Now, listen, I know that Virginia took a team out to USC several years ago and. Nearly one. And if you want to hold on to that, that's fine. I, I don't have any problem. I said on the board the other day that I saw it happen. Nothing Nothing's impossible. Listen, don't set yourself up to go into this game thinking Virginia's going to win. Okay? That's just not if, – if they do, that's great. Then you're just surprised and you're excited and it's great. Do not set yourself up for this not to be an absolute blowout. All right? Do do yourself a solid. Help you. Help you. Okay? Um, because even if this thing goes – Goes just in, in, in a good way for Virginia, but not like obviously miraculous way, like Dave said. Like, um, it's still going to be bad, and that's okay because that's kind of what you should expect in this game. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I, I think Virginia improves in some ways, doesn't improve in other ways, but but I do think you are going to start to see incremental, you know, clear uh, progress, and that's that's a good thing for the team, obviously, um, kind of going forward. Um, is there anything else that 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 we we want to talk about about this matchup. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think this one's going to be pretty cut and dry, and we'll 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 have to, as as people who are going to be staying up watching it, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll know a little bit more about the Cavaliers going into uh, that matchup with UConn, which clearly is a much bigger game now in a variety of ways. But again, we got to start thinking. like I said, you know, recalibrate. You know, I, I stole that from you guys. Like, recalibrate is the idea. You you got to start thinking about not just like. This season success bowl blah blah blah. You guys start thinking about program stability moving forward, foundations like that. Foundations needs to be the 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 focus, not necessarily, um, you know, postseason stuff. So I kind of feel like we'll learn a little bit about this team even if they get blown out. Um, it'll be the the way it happens that matters way more than that what happens, but.
1: I mean, it's your right as a fan to draw conclusions for the season based on one game or two games, and we often do at the end of games, which is why I try to stay away from the board for 24 to 48 hours, at least posting, you know, this, this is my, this is my message to the fellow Virginia fan. If you want to thank what you saw last week and what you see this weekend means that we're going to have 12 weeks of it and that's it and you're done with it and go ahead, but it doesn't. All right. You're still going to watch. You're still going to watch gonna week watch. three. So. <laughs> so,
0: what does it matter? Yeah, that's true. Well, fellas, I appreciate you uh, being on the show as always. Thanks to everybody out there for giving us a listen as well. Um, should be uh, uh, plenty of plenty to talk about next uh, next week this time. So, uh, looking forward to, to seeing what the what the Cavaliers do out in in Oregon. Uh, for David Spence, for Justin Ferber, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.